I'm Mark Kane with the World Economic Forum. And I'm Miriam Vogel with Equal AI. And this is In AI We Trust. Hey, Mark, good to see you. Hello, Miriam, good to see you too. I am very excited for our conversation today with Elham Tabasi of NIST. I am too. Uh, one thing that you may not know about me and our listeners certainly do not know about me is that I am actually sort of obsessed with standards and certification and uh, both in AI, but also uh, I would contend uh, and, and, and I've, I've done a lot of reading on this that standards are in some way this invisible infrastructure that uh, allows everything else to happen sort of seamlessly and uh, and, and safely. And uh, I think NIST has had a huge role in creating this, this kind of um, foundation for all of the, the technology development and use that goes on in this country. I'm so excited to hear how they're thinking about AI and, and, and what their role is in, in making sure we have a positive AI future. Well, Mark, I think it's fair to say that we did not know that about you. And I would say I'm pretty excited about this from a similar but different perspective, which is I think we've heard a lot of criticism and concern about can the U.S. continue to lead? Uh, can we um, take leadership standards, regulation? Can we um, decide what's appropriate and not in the AI space? You know, will we be able to manage this uh, exciting innovation that we are helping to foster at the same time, not stifling it in any way. And so the fact that NIST is taking this on with a long reputation of being deeply scientific, detailed, and thoughtful in its in its uh, work, um, and what they've done to date has been really inspiring. I hope our listeners will look at their proposal for identifying and managing bias within AI and other recent papers that they've posted for our comments. Um, because you can see that it's both very in-depth. They are planning to take this on and manage uh, to address the details and the complications, but they do it in such a way that they're inviting those without a deep background to understand what's at stake, what's at AI. Um, they have an appendix that is pages of various kinds of bias so people can understand not just how bias enters in AI, but various kinds of bias and how they are a bit distinguishable. So I'm very excited to talk to Elham about her work in this space and learn more about what's to come. Yeah, I, I think that um, uh, our, our, our guest has been at the center of all of those very important developments that, that you just mentioned. So let's, let's hear directly from her. Let's do it. Today, we are so pleased to have on our show Elham Tabasi. Elham is the Chief of Staff in the Information Technology Lab at NIST the National Institute of Standards and Technology. Her lab is one of six research labs within NIST, supporting its mission to promote U.S. innovation and competitiveness by advancing measurement science, standards, and technology to enhance economic security and improve our quality of life. This may not be a well-known entity to some of our listeners, and so we'll dig deeper into the mission of NIST and its role in developing trustworthy AI, among other important functions in our discussion. As a scientist, Elham has been working on various computer vision research projects with applications in biometrics evaluations and standards since 1999. She is the principal architect of the NIST fingerprint image quality, which is now an international standard for measuring fingerprint image quality. 
She has received numerous awards for her work at the Department of Commerce and in Biometrics. She's a fellow at the Washington Academy of Sciences and a senior member of IEEE. She also serves on the newly formed National AI Research Resource Task Force, which was announced in June by the White House and the National Science Foundation. Elham, we are so pleased to have you on our show today. Great to be here. Thank you. So I was fortunate to have decades of government experience and in my government service, I get a glimpse of the committed, accomplished professionals who are behind the government action that we see in the public. You are one of these impressive government officials. And so before we dive into your work at NIST, I would love for our listeners to learn about your journey to NIST and AI work. You have been in DC for some time, but you did not start your career here. You were on the other coast and outside of government. So how did you decide to dedicate your expertise to NIST and how did you start working on trustworthy AI? Yeah, thank you, Maryam, for, for a very kind words. So I'll start by saying how uh, uh, my journey at NIST and how I got to the AI. So as you said, I joined NIST on June 1999. And my first project at NIST was development of a open vocabulary speaker identification. Um, the idea was that you enter the room and say, computer, bring up my uh, calendar. And then from the voice of, you know, from my voice, it would recognize that it's Elham calendar versus Mark's calendar or Riva's calendar. And that get me into um, uh, uh, biometrics and a lot of work on computer vision. Um, after the 9-11 and the uh, formation of the uh, Department of Homeland Security and the US visit, there was uh, some mandates and tasks for NIST to certify biometric technologies for uh, uh, immigration and uh, visa applications. And that's how I started my work with uh, fingerprint. And then since then, uh, many different uh, uh, research evaluation standard work for uh, fingerprint mostly, but also iris and face recognition. Um, how I get to come to NIST, and as you said, I was in the different course. Um, so I, I immigrated to US in January 1994. Uh, I, I, I was born and raised in Iran, and uh, like many other, uh, uh, I think that the, the speed is taking up now. Uh, science was our ticket out of uh, basically to the world and, and come here and study. So I came to US to start to continue my graduate studies and um, the rest, I think, is history. Wow, well, you've, you've certainly come a, a long way uh, through, that, through that professional journey. And, 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 and now you're at NIST. And, and I'm hoping you can just clarify for our listeners, um, what is NIST's primary purpose? And, and what role does NIST play in the development of trustworthy AI? Oh, yeah, great. Uh, and I, I, I... I'll answer the other part of, my, of Miriam's question about how I get to the AI uh, better this time. Uh, so about NIST, NIST mission, as uh, was mentioned, is to promote US innovation and industrial competitiveness by advancing measurement science, standards, and technology in ways that enhance economic security and improve our quality of life. Uh, we call ourselves Industries National Laboratory, and at NIST, uh, NIST has a very broad portfolio of uh, research NIST does everything from building the world's most uh, precise atomic clock to working collaboratively with industry to develop standards for use of robots in manufacturing to help firefighters better prepare for and predict behavior of uh, wildfires. And now our researchers are looking into uh, uh, investigating the, uh, the collapse of the building in, the, um, in, in Florida. 
uh, NIST primary focus in AI is to establish the building blocks for trustworthy AI systems. Uh, so with, with AI, um, depends on you know the link that we click on or the article that we read, uh, we all agree that it has a lot of potential to improve our lives, but uh, it also comes with certain risks. And uh, while there is a um, acknowledgement and understanding that AI is not without its risks, there is yet a, a need to have a, um, a sort of coordinated effort to develop a taxonomy of risks, uh, what those risks are. Uh, and uh, um, after understanding what are those risks are, the next step is to come on with a shared understanding of what those risks mean. Um, examples of that is, that, for example, we want the AI systems to be accurate. We want the error rate to be, to be small. And um, uh, so that's a given. So we want systems that works. But beyond that, we want systems that are reliable, that are robust. Be more and more we are hearing about the systems that we want them to be explainable and the results be interpretable. The issue of the bias in AI is getting a lot of attention and we're hearing that you know, there is a lot of uh, biases in the data, biases in the uh, models that uh, at the end we're having systems that are biased. So understanding what bias means and what bias can creep into different stages of a life cycle of the AI um, is one of those risks that we are investigating. We all have heard a lot about the vulnerabilities of the AI and how um, uh, 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 I think the result, the research results that I think Microsoft published that, that you put a post-it note uh, on a uh, stop sign and human brain can recognize it and realize that it is a stop sign with a post-it note on it, but the AI system could completely confuse and cannot recognize that stop sign. Um, sometimes this type of, um, 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 uh, we, we call them, you know, this can be attack, right? This can be uh, uh, intentional to, uh, to fool an AI systems. Um, so what the things that we're doing with the trustworthy AI is basically unpacking what means trustworthy, what are the building blocks for the trustworthy. Uh, while there has been many different high-level documents that uh, lay out the principles for uh, ethical, trustworthy, responsible AI, but those documents are all value-based and uh, high-level statements. And what we're trying to do is get those uh, principles, uh, uh, which are really good principles and all um, uh, based on democratic values and human-centered, uh, but we, we want to operationalize them, you know, get those principles into practice to uh, translate them into uh, technical requirements that can be uh, used by designers, developers, or the people that evaluate or test the systems uh, to test them against trustworthy AI. Uh, we also, uh, so that's the bulk of our foundational research that we focus on how to measure and enhance trustworthy and responsible AI and basically build the scientific foundation needed for development of the risk management frameworks by, uh, by um, uh, understanding the taxonomy of risk, uh, what those risks are coming with a shared understanding of the meaning of each of those risks, uh, but also most importantly, devise and revise metrics to assess those risks. Um, we have been engaging public and private sector in discussions about building blocks for trustworthy AI and associated measurement standards and tools to implement those uh, uh, building blocks when um, develop, use, or evaluate AI uh, systems. Um, we also, uh, 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 work with um, industry academy on the whole community in developing standards and guidelines to further AI innovation and trust in systems that use AI technologies. Um, 
it would be amiss if I don't talk about conducting youth-inspired research. As I said, NIS has a very broad portfolio of uh, uh, research and our scientists across NIST uh, are looking into how to apply AI to measurement problems uh, that are tackling in the different laboratories to advance specific research. Um, but it also allows us to gain deeper insight and better understanding of AI capabilities and limitations. We'll stop here. There's a lot for us to unpack there, so I can't wait to dive in. Uh, you mentioned some of the public engagement, and I was fortunate to participate in one of the workshops you had last summer that focused on bias in AI. Uh, I hope so people who have not seen it will go online and look at the link. It was so impressive uh, on a variety of levels. First of all, you brought in such a breadth of perspectives, of expertise from uh, the academic industry and everything in between, philosophical uh, perspectives, uh, and really um, were able to move the conversation forward. So you not only had this variety of perspectives, but you framed the questions in such a way so that uh, it went towards potential solutions. Um, and then you followed it up with the proposal for identifying and managing bias in AI, a proposal that we should note is currently out for public comment, and we will post the link and encourage people to read it. It is uh, both uh, digestible for someone newer, it, you lay things out in very thoughtful, approachable ways, but you also uh, give depth uh, so that it's clear that you're moving the needle forward and are giving uh, specific uh, thoughts and, 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 and priorities for people to respond to and weigh in on. So if you wouldn't mind telling us a little bit more about this framework, what are you intending to do with the framework and what are you not intending to do? So meaning what should we as the public expect or not expect from NIST in this trustworthy AI space? Yeah, thank you, Miriam. Uh, first, I want to emphasize what you just said about uh, the workshop and that's something that we, uh, we are very mindful and cognizant of that in, in the discussions about AI and AI work, uh, we want to uh, reach out a broad set of uh, audiences and stakeholders. Uh, so in uh, addition to the computer scientists and uh, mathematicians and statisticians that are developing AI systems, and, and I have been part of that community and working with the community for a long time, uh, but we need to uh, engage and involve uh, psychologists, cognitive scientists, uh, sociologists, lawyers, um, and, and have them uh, as part of the discussions from the very beginning, rather than building a systems and then worry about uh, the impact of that on, uh, on society and individuals. Uh, in terms of the uh, documents that you mentioned, uh, yes, the, uh, uh, and I want to just give a shout out to our, to all my NIST colleagues that are working on uh, as part of the AI team on these documents and many other uh, activities and efforts that are going on, you know who you are, so thank you for all that. Um, we are producing, this is producing a series of the reports on characteristics of trustworthy AI, bias being one of them, and follow that up or sometimes running the workshop before that uh, to engage the community and have a forum to exchange ideas and, uh, uh, and have the discussions because uh, uh, we want these documents to be representative of the uh, community's need and challenges. Uh, uh, the goal of these documents is to set out uh, the challenges in dealing with each of these characteristics of the trustworthiness. So I'll talk about accuracy, uh, reliability, robustness, uh, 
uh, resilience or security, bias, interpretability, and, and privacy, uh, making sure that the systems, uh, that the privacy is preserved. Uh, in each of these documents, uh, we uh, uh, try to focus on um, you know, what's the specific AI angle? So bias and discussions of the bias is not new, right? You, the community has talked about this for a long time, but when it comes to the uh, AI, uh, uh, how bias man manifests itself as the, um, at the different stages of the AI life cycle, what type of biases is there and uh, uh, depend on who you are, you know, the audience, are you a developer or the um, designer or evaluator or implementer or uh, somebody that might want to buy AI system, procure AI system and deploy it in your operations. Uh, uh, what do you need to worry about bias in AI? What type of questions you need to ask? And, and uh, um, we want to take the discussions further into uh, what are the tools, uh, standards and guidelines to measure bias at different stages of life cycle. And one other thing I just wanna say here is that bias is part of the um, bigger umbrella of the AI risk management framework development. Uh, uh, again, as I said, uh, our approach is to understand the taxonomy of risk, the risks that are involved for each of them come with a shared understanding uh, uh, of, of what that you know, risk is and then uh, uh, once we know what it is that we want to measure, start discussions about the how to measure and uh, benchmarks, evaluations, metrics, uh, and standards and guides for assessing them. Um, Miriam, you mentioned that the document is uh, out for comment until uh, I, until September 10th. Uh, at the same time, we have a request for information out there for development of AI risk management, where again, bias and explainability and uh, resilience and uh, the other uh, building blocks are uh, being discussed as part of that bigger AI risk management framework. Um, the notice for uh, request for information has been published in Federal Register Notice, and uh, that is uh, uh, out for, uh, I think the deadline for responses is September 15, 2021. So we definitely like to hear about uh, your inputs, your thoughts, uh, and the whole community thought and input about AI risks and AI risks management. Well, we will, we will take that as a call to action for ourselves and all of our listeners to um, get up to speed on, on, on the framework and to, and, and to submit comments by those deadlines. You know, hearing you talk through that process, one thing that, that really strikes me about your work is that you, uh, you are in parallel doing both this very technical, uh, intensive, detailed work on actually developing these frameworks and these guidelines, standards, tools, et cetera, uh, while also engaging in the very uh, complicated art of, of engaging with the public and, and encouraging public participation. Uh, you know, as you know, uh, one issue that has plagued the AI ecosystem over the last several years is that there has been a lack of meaningful engagement uh, with the public and, and in particular with historically underrepresented and underserved groups. And, and a lot of the stories that we hear about AI uh, bias in particular are around differential outcomes to uh, different groups. Uh, and often the ones that are the most impacted are the ones with the least voice at the table. Uh, and so I'm curious just to hear sort of how you and NIST are thinking about how you reach beyond the Beltway and across the full breadth of this diverse country and perhaps any kind of past efforts or successes at NIST, either in AI or, or other domains where um, you've, you, you, you've found a way to really make that conversation more inclusive. 
Yeah, so uh, definitely when it comes to the discussions about AI and uh, I mentioned that the diversity of, of thoughts and different skills and expertise that we are looking for, but uh, also when you look at the people involved, we want to make sure that the um, that that group is a real representative of what the America is about and, and have uh, uh, a representative about all the groups. Um, and I, I can't think about any other uh, technology sector that that uh, participation engagement is more important than AI, but I want to mention that um, one of our secret sauce for success at NIST is engagement with the community. If you look at the size of our agency and, uh, uh, and the amount of work that we are doing, uh, we really leverage uh, 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 our time, our uh, uh, efforts, our, our money by engaging the community and going to them and leveraging the knowledge and expertise. Um, the successful examples is uh, development of two uh, uh, highly successful and uh, 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 high impact uh, frameworks, one on cybersecurity framework and the other one on privacy framework. Uh, 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 the first one for managing uh, cybersecurity risks and uh, the other one for privacy. And uh, both of them has also relationship and um, uh, touch points with AI frameworks that we are developing. And in both of those, uh, from the get-go, uh, the whole process has been laid out, uh, engagement and reaching out and making sure that our documents are being developed by um, inputs from the community and then uh, get reviewed by um, you know, hundreds or thousands sets of eyes and brains uh, ask for their comments uh, is, is uh, certainly our approach at this uh, to, um, to, to do what we are asked to do. I will even take it a step further and say it's uh, it's existential to us and it's uh, it's something that if we don't engage the community, um, we have uh, substantially diminished the rate, the chance of success of our work. Well, and there's so many ways that you are uh, doing this work from your perch at NIST. Uh, it also is the newly formed task force member, a very, as we mentioned at the top, a prestigious task force that was announced uh, it was created by Act of Congress, the National AI Initiative Act of 2020, uh, comprised of members of government, academia, private sector, with uh, very lofty ambitions uh, to uh, be helpful to AI researchers and students across all scientific disciplines with access to computational resources, high quality data, education tools, user support, and help facilitate in all of those functions. So what is your goal in, as part of that task force? What do you hope to achieve uh, by the time of the report that's due in, in, in not so long and, and otherwise? Yes, so uh, uh, the goal is exactly what you uh, read out of the uh, mission of the task force and the tasks that were given. Uh, so uh, uh, what we are hoping to do is by um, providing more equitable access to research resources. Um, uh, one of the members of the task force mentioned that, and I want to quote her, um, that she said, um, reboot the uh, research ecosystem of US. So we, we, we make, make all of these research resources more equitable and available to, as you said, uh, researchers, students, 
um, and provide opportunities for innovations and research. Um, talking about ask for informations, uh, there is another request for information out there for input to the work and activities of the uh, this uh, task force and uh, uh, the deadline for responses to that request for information is September 1st. So. Uh, I know we are getting the community really busy by a lot of requests that we have out there, uh, but I encourage all of you to please look at that and share your expertise and uh, knowledge uh, uh, with us uh, for the three documents that we have already mentioned. That's fantastic. Another call to action. Um, I want to I want to take uh, a step one 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 level up from 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 the work of the of the U.S. Uh, task force, um, which is which is very exciting and and much needed. But looking more broadly at the global landscape and 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 thinking about NIST's mandate, going back to our earlier question, I'm curious what you see as the roles of of standards, certification, and other such governance mechanisms in managing the risks and maximizing the benefits of AI. Uh, I think standards are, uh, it's a um, topic that people who work with them and, 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 and know about them often engage very deeply in them, uh, but that a lot of people aren't necessarily fully aware of whether in AI or, or other domains, uh, but which provide a really crucial infrastructure for, for, for virtually everything around us. So kind of taking the 30,000 foot view, you know, can you paint us a picture of how the successful development and rollout of these kinds of tools, standards, certifications, etc., how would that benefit you know, governments, companies, civil society, citizens in the AI future? You know, what, what, what would the, the best case scenario look like here? Yeah, yeah I'll try. Uh, so so uh, also by, by uh, talking about standards and uh, the use cases and uses of standards, so standards promote an expanded, more interoperable, and efficient marketplace. Uh, widespread use of standards uh, facilitates technology advancement by defining and establishing uh, common foundations for uh, product differentiation, for technological uh, innovations, uh, and they spur innovation by establishing sort of the rule of the rules of the game and forming a baseline from which new technologies emerge. Uh, when it comes to AI standards, uh, we are hoping for the, exactly the same thing, that AI standards that articulate requirements, specifications, guidelines, or characteristics, uh, those type of standards can help ensure that AI technologies and systems meet critical objectives for functionality, for interoperability, but also most importantly for trustworthiness and responsible AI, that they can perform accurately, reliably, safely, safely and without any biases. Um, so that's, that's what the standards are good for. And it's sort of, um, uh, it's, it's, it's a kind of delicate balance and, and especially right now with development of the AI standards, Mark, you, you mentioned that with a lot of these topics, we are at the, uh, a lot of research are going out there. And you, 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 in ideal world, you want to start developing standards and guides and tools uh, when you have a, uh, uh, sound scientific foundations for that. And right now we are doing the research at the same time we want to develop standards. Um, so the timing of that is really important and that balancing act is really important. Uh, that uh, a, a premature efforts can result in standards that do not reflect the state of the affected te technology or may not be supported by critical mass of technological understanding, may not be supported by a, uh, a scientific, uh, uh, valid scientific foundations. 
Um, so they, those standards are not fit for purpose and can impede innovations. But at the same time, development efforts time too late may deliver standards that cannot gain market acceptance um, because of many reasons, at least to be built up infrastructures and market power exerted by other technologies uh, that again hinder innovations. Um, so um, it's do, doing all of these things is a, a you know, while you are advancing research and you want to develop standards are all a delicate balance. Um, it comes to the AI, um, again, AI has been around for a long time, um, but uh, defining common vocabularies, establishing the central characteristics of uh, trustworthy and responsible AI, uh, again, going back to that taxonomy of risk or uh, building blocks of, uh, uh, of uh, trustworthiness. Uh, when we talk about reliable AI or robust AI or resilience AI or secure AI or non-biased AI, what do we exactly mean by each of them uh, and uh, 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 how they manifest themselves in different life cycle of AI systems? This type of standards can accelerate the pace of innovations and, and allow for uh, AI systems that are um, trustworthy and reliable in terms that, again, standard defines them. Um, um, I, I hope that answered your question. So what we are really trying to do is uh, help the designers and developers know what type of technical requirements they need to make sure that they can build a trustworthy systems. But at the same time, uh, we're also working with um, the psychologists, uh, uh, the cognitive scientists on uh, how to uh, build confidence and trust from the human side, because you can have trustworthy system but how to get uh, humans and individual build confidence, trust is a different matter. So at the end of the day, um, I think what we are trying to do is that I'm sure you all have seen uh, this uh, um, OECD AI principles or the principles laid out in the executive order that came out in December. Um, those goals of uh, making sure that AI systems uh, have the confidence of the individuals um, they are achieved and uh, they are achieved in a interoperable and um, robust way across across different um, technology domain. Well, thank you for sharing that perspective with us. Uh, I think it's clear from your answer there that you are working in the crosshairs of really one of the the, the greatest challenges in the AI space of how do we both find a way to make it trustworthy and at the same time uh, spur innovation and, and let the AI assist us and, and our economy in as many ways as possible. And so I'm wondering as you build out these standards based on your deep experience as a scientist and, and your long experience NIST working in parallel situations, uh, what do you see are some of your greatest challenges? So what happens if we don't establish these standards or if we get them wrong? What, what's your worst case scenario that you're planning against? And what are some of the greatest challenges for you in finding those appropriate standards? Yes, and um, before answering that question, I just want to, want to make uh, one um, clarification that uh, while standard is our middle name, uh, we are we don't develop standards per se, so we participate in uh, efforts uh, uh, going on in different standard development organizations and work alongside the industry and private sector uh, uh, by providing technical contributions and quantitative data for development of technically sound standards. Um, but um, back to your question, Marianne, that 
uh, what we're trying to avoid. And so I think it, again, goes back to uh, AI comes with a lot of potential uh, and um, um, we have all the reasons to believe that it's gonna change our lives for better. Um, but uh, as we have seen, uh, the developments of the AI is not without risks, right? We have all heard about uh, the, um, uh, the, uh, the accident uh, with the autonomous uh, vehicle, the Tesla. Uh, if you want to trust AI uh, to uh, look at the, uh, 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 for the medical imaging cases, to so look at the, for example, MRI of the brain scan and decide if there is any tumor or there or not, um, we need to have those rules of the road and those specification of what uh, uh, trustworthy system means and how we, uh, when and how we should have confidence and trust in, in those systems. So the worst thing that can happen is that we don't have these uh, these uh, guardrails in place. We don't know uh, uh, anything about the systems. We don't know how to uh, look at the accuracy or reliability or robustness of each of them. And, uh, and the, then um, the, the going, again, going back to biases is that uh, a lot of the biases that already exist in the in our societies uh, and in our cultures would just be exasperated by the AI systems that are being trained on those data. Um, so um, uh, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to uh, uh, build standards, guidelines, tools uh, to uh, aid, uh, get a better, clear understanding of what trustworthy and responsible AI means in terms of requirements that can be implemented. And then more importantly, be able to test systems and have the right knowledge about uh, what is the cap capabilities and limitations of the technology. It's such important foundational work. Um, and I'm, I'm glad to, to actually dive into it and you know really kind of make uh, these processes that are, I think, sometimes invisible to people a bit more visible because they are so important. Even something as basic as taxonomy, making sure that we're all talking about the same thing um, is really important. Hearing you talk through it, one thing that, that strikes me is that uh, there is a really important role for, for government in this that, that you're helping spearhead. Uh, and there's also a really important role for industry and for the private sector uh, where much of the AI technology development and deployment is happening. Um, what would be your, your, your message or your, your, your kind of call to action for anyone who's listening who may be uh, working on developing an AI product or uh, an executive making decisions about how an AI product is used by their company? Um, how should they engage with, with this uh, kind of emerging set of, 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 of tools and practices and directions? And, and how can they be most helpful to, 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 to ensure the best possible future for AI? Yeah, as, as I tried to say it several times, uh, the success of everything we do really relies on the engagement and hearing from, um, you mentioned the industry, the people that are building the systems, but also the people are gonna use them and their expectations and what they want to see out of this thing. So um, I encourage everybody to look at the request for information that we have out there for development of the AI risk management framework. Uh, to uh, uh, look at other documents that we put out for comment, including the uh, uh, the bias and AI document that's out there. And uh, uh, we are gonna follow up uh, the uh, RFI uh, 
with a workshop later in early fall sometime. Um, so uh, consider participating in our in our workshop, uh, uh, commenting on the documents that we put out, uh, and let us know about your experiences. Uh, share with us your knowledge uh, about risk management and AI risk management. Um, the framework that we have been asked, uh, Mark, you mentioned the AI uh, AI Act of uh, uh, 2020. As part of that, NIST was asked to develop a AI risk management framework. Uh, we won't be able to develop this uh, risk management framework. You know, don't get me wrong. We have really, really smart uh, scientists and experts at NIST, but uh, we uh, won't be able to do a good job if we don't get the, uh, the right engagement with the industry, those develop, those use, those tests and procure AI systems, or even the policymakers that write the policy for the AI. Uh, and uh, not only to get a quality document out, but also get the buy-in for the implementations of the framework. So um, you call it call for action. I call it an invitation to, uh, uh, to be as, uh, you know, uh, uh, join us in this journey. And, uh, and uh, it's, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of exciting work and uh, uh, a lot of meaning work, meaningful work uh, for science but also for society. So I'm extremely excited about this. Well, thank you for taking on this work and also for in clarifying that we are all invited to participate and that uh, it really is an expectation, it sounds like, in order to ensure that you succeed in uh, your role, you really need all of us to be sharing our experiences and feedback. So I think uh, we're all hearing you and we appreciate the invitation and I hope many of us will accept it. Uh, Elham, we've learned so much from talking with you today. And before we close out, we like to ask a question of all of our guests, uh, really just summarizing what you're looking forward to, what you're excited about, and what you're concerned about in AI. And we do that in the form of your rose, your thorn, and your bud, what you're excited about on the horizon of AI. Um, yeah. So. Um... What worries me, uh, you know, with every challenge is there's also opportunity. So yeah, I've tried to answer that. Um, it, it, we are building this framework and we are uh, heading to development of the standards. Uh, at the same time, we are also doing uh, fundamental research in building the right uh, scientific foundations. So building the scientific underpinning for uh, the framework for the standards and being able to do that. So we have technically, solid standards and a technically solid framework is uh, is um, is something that uh, I uh, I don't know is this is, is a challenge right is a concern that we got to make sure that uh, we're we are uh, uh, we, we do both of them at the same time uh, um, what I'm excited about I'm excited about um, um, it, you know these are as I said this is uh, uh, it, these are great opportunities both in terms of the scientific uh, um, uh, challenge or scientific problem, but also something extremely meaningful for the society. So uh, uh, most of my work, uh, I never work alongside of a uh, um, very diverse group of uh, you know, cognitive scientists and psychologists and, 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 and lawyers. And, and this, is, this is great. And this is uh, uh, being able to do that. And, and what excites me is that um, 
uh, you know, 15, 20 years ago, a lot of us uh, uh, scientists, we just want our engineers, we just want to build systems that works and works very well. Uh, now we are, we are, we ought to think about systems that works and works well, but also worry about the impact on the individuals and society. So uh, this excites me that we are getting out of our box and, and work uh, and think about uh, the impact of our work. And I think this is something that we, we could, could change uh, the, the mindset and culture of uh, many of our young uh, scientists and uh, grad students. Um, the other thing that really excites me is uh, this attention to standards and, and the important role of the standards. Uh, and uh, guidelines, uh, and uh, um, and what I'm excited about is that uh, hopefully in two three years from now, a lot of these open questions about AI risks, uh, AI risk management, uh, we have good solutions for this, and we have uh, 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 we celebrate innovations on how AI can uh, uh, overhaul our you know healthcare and. Um, uh, coming up with better uh, drugs and better treatments and, and uh, uh, AI for basically better society. I'm super excited about that. Well, that is indeed very exciting. And uh, I think it's a great note to end on. Uh, as you say, uh, there are so many potentially uh, positive uh, uses for AI. And uh, there's this amazing opportunity for all of us, including young people uh, and, 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 and young engineers and, and product designers to, uh, as you say, build systems that not only work well, but, but work well for society. So um, thank you so much for, for sharing your thoughts and experience with us today. And um, looking forward to seeing how all of the work grows and, and unfolds uh, at NIST and beyond. Thank you for this opportunity. I had a lot of fun. Thanks again for including me. And I look forward to staying in touch with all of you. Thank you, Elham. Well, Mark, that was certainly a fascinating interview, hearing about Elham and her commitment and her vantage point uh, as to how she at NIST uh, and the task force commissioned by the White House at the directive of Congress uh, will be addressing these huge challenges with tremendous impact uh, that will affect all of us. Absolutely. It was really a, a, a fascinating conversation for me. And, and I think that, that uh, you just really put your finger on it. You know, the work that, that Elham does on standards, uh, you know, within government, across industry, consulting with society and engaging meaningfully with, with the public, you know, she, she used the term creating the scientific foundation for risk management frameworks. And um, when we think about AI risk, the reality is, is that that touches virtually every American, virtually every citizen in the world, uh, you know, seven plus billion people. And so this work, while it might sound uh, very detailed and technical uh, and kind of, you know, behind the curtain or under the radar, it is actually at the core and, and, and is fundamental to whatever kind of AI future we're going to have. And so hearing how thoughtful the NIST team is being, how thoughtful the White House team is being, and just the great work that Elham is doing with, with many partners uh, and much public engagement to, to really make sure that that foundation is strong uh, was for me very inspiring and, and encouraging.
I agree, Mark. I think one thing that's struck me about her comments and the work that we've seen NIST produce so far in this topic is their deep understanding of bias as well as what we would have expected, their deep understanding of the technical pieces, the AI. They've really understood the science of both and how they are interconnected. They're also doing the taxonomy, as she said, to understand how to build trust. And I think that's a really fascinating concept that they're trying to figure out how to improve our, our economy and our quality of life by making sure that the technology serves us and that we can trust it to use it in the way that is intended uh, to benefit us. And I think they've done such an impressive job so far in breaking apart what constitute trust constitutes trust how do they support industry and academia in building our trust both those who understand the technical aspects of what's happening in the ai and those who are just using the product and want to make sure that it is safe for us to be using um, and i really love how the deep commitment they've shown to public engagement. I love that she calls that NIST's special sauce. Uh, you know, I don't know if everyone expects government to be so public focused in their day-to-day -day work. Um, and so I think she gives a really helpful perspective in um, how they approach this and how they expect each of us to share our concerns, our thoughts, our criticisms even, um, because they want to make it both uh, a process that engages us and outcomes that serve us all well. I think I couldn't have put it better. I think trust is really the thread that, that runs through all of this work, both the public engagement work and the very technical, detailed standard development and support work. And, and one thing that I thought was very interesting in terms of the trust piece, uh, beyond what you just mentioned, was the work that she talked about in terms of trying to raise people's trusts for AI systems that are indeed worthy of that trust. So the trustworthy AI systems. You and I talk about, and many of our guests talk about, how do we make the AI systems trustworthy? And that is of paramount importance, obviously, uh, and has to come first before we think about how do we get people to trust them. But we also need to recognize that AI is pretty widely mistrusted at this point uh, because of all of the potential risks and some of the real risks that have, that have played out in the world. And I think it's very interesting to think through, okay, once we've figured out how to make the AI trustworthy, uh, how do we communicate that to people so that they have the appropriate amount of trust for those systems, particularly the ones that can really deliver them benefits. Uh, two other things that jumped out at me um, were her comment in brief while sort of describing why focus on standards, uh, that standards really can increase the pace of innovation by setting the rules of the road. And I think that this is uh, just another case, and we've, we've seen many of these in our, in our, in our conversations, Miriam, where um, this idea that regulation and governance and innovation are somehow opposed to one another is actually totally off base. If you have the rules of the road, if you have the guidelines and the sort of standard operating procedures and parameters, that actually makes it easier to innovate because there's not any uncertainty about uh, you know, whether something is going to be allowed or not, whether you're going to be regulated or not, etc. Um, I think the last thing that I found very fascinating is her last comment about how standards development and NIST's role have themselves changed, where you know, historically engineers focused on making systems that work well, and now engineers need to focus on making systems that both work well and work well 
for users, for citizens, for society. And that to me was just such a, um, uh, I think, inspiring call to action really uh, for everyone who's in the engineering profession, who's creating products, young people who are thinking about joining the tech industry to just take that on board from day one and, 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 and really orient themselves to making great products that are great for people and for society. Absolutely. So whether we call it a call to action or an invitation, we clearly all have a role to play in ensuring that the AI that will fuel and sustain us, our daily lives, our economy is safe, is trustworthy and responsible, and really appreciate her invitation uh, to participate in that process. Absolutely. Well, Miriam, what a great conversation. Thank you and see you soon. Thanks, Mark. You have just listened to In AI We Trust, hosted by Miriam Vogel from Equal AI and me, Mark Kane from the World Economic Forum. Subscribe to or download our podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Play. We always welcome your feedback. And if you like the podcast, please rate us or give us a review. And to learn more or get involved, please visit us at www.equalai.org and www.weforum.org. And a special thanks to NP Agency, without whom this podcast would not be possible. 